I want to thank this episode's sponsor, Castellanets LLP, a leading law firm in tax controversy, white-collar criminal defense, and government negotiations with offices in New York City and Washington, D.C. Visit www.kflaw.com. This is the podcast for women who want to create careers and lives they love. I'm your host, Heather Fincher. Welcome to the Powerful Professional Women podcast. I'm happy to have Joan Arnold here today for part two in front of a live audience to share her experience and insight into creating a career in life you love. Joan is a partner at Troutman Pepper and chair of the firm's tax and benefits practice group. A well-known leader of the tax bar, Joan has been teaching at law school graduate programs for over 30 years, and she's served in numerous other leadership positions. And I personally met Joan when she was head of the American Bar Association section of taxation, where she and I co-founded the ABA's Women in Tax Forum, which we'll talk a little bit more, more about today. Joan, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me, Heather. So in our last episode, you shared um, wonderful stories and gave us actionable insights on being gritty and taking chances. And I would love to hear a little bit more. Who is a role model for you of being a person with grit? Well, as I, as I talked about in the first session here, it would be hard for me to mention anyone before I mentioned my mother. Um, you know, she was a, a, a child of Italian immigrants. She didn't learn English until she already knew Italian. Um, and she managed to have create quite a life and quite a, a life for her children as a, as a single mother for much of her uh, upbringing of three of us. Um, you know, she, um, she imparted to me the love of language. Um, and you and I had this conversation uh, at one point in time when you said, well, we want to talk about a, a profession you love. And I said, you know, my mom was a real grammarian and she made me understand what words mean. And I take words very seriously. And I think that if, and we have such a rich language, um, that if you use the words like she would use them, you said to me, we want to talk about a profession you love and a job you love. I said, Heather, I, I tend to think of love as something that is ascribed to relationships with other people or with certain, um, certain other events. I, I know that, you know, Tony Bennett died a day or two ago. And he, he the, the, the big quote that came out from Tony Bennett is, I never worked a day in my life because I loved what I did. I greatly enjoy what I do. It's been very rewarding. And Lord knows I've been doing it for 45 years. So it better be. Do I love it? Is it work? I'm sorry, but anybody who thinks what we do for a living isn't work. I don't know. I don't know how, what their thinking is like. Um, so I have a little problem, a little bit of, I also like the word hate. I don't remember the last time I used the word hate because I think it is a very powerful word that brings an enormous amount of, of power behind it. And I think we get from my mother, the grittiness I got in language was make sure your words are right. Um, and for a tax lawyer, it's been a pretty damn impressive language to learn and, uh, and, her, and her grittiness in teaching it and learning it. When I grew up, when she would have us in our car, in her car, every time somebody in the backseat, because, you know, kids in the backseat don't believe parents can hear them. Um, Somebody would, would use incorrect grammar, and my mother would correct them. Um, when I was, had my children, and, and I was in the front seat, and their friends were in the car, I would correct them. The use of he, her, me, and him drives me nuts. Um, and I have had actually some children from now grown adults come over to me and say, you know, Mrs. Arnold, it was great you did that. My mother's grittiness with the English language was an important um, education for me. 
And I appreciate that. I appreciate you sharing that. So when you first said that to me, um, bef- you know, bef- before I shared it with a girlfriend and they're like, oh, are you going to actually talk about that on the podcast? I'm like, absolutely. What if what if other women feel this way? For me, the language works for me around a career and a life I love. And for Joan and many others may feel the way Joan does. I want, I'm so glad that you ended up talking about that and just saying, this is a career. Enjoy it's, it. I enjoy it's it. It's been it's great. great. I enjoy it. I just, right. I, the word love is hard for me to ascribe. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that, that's perfect. Thank you for, for being open and sharing. And it's wonderful to hear. Thank you so much for sharing about the stories about your mother too. That's really inspiring. Um, so turning it back to you, when have you said or done something? That's made an impact on another woman professionally, Joan. I've been trying to do it for so long, um, but I thought of a couple that might be um, interesting to hear. Um, I work a lot in the private equity space, which is, um, it has come a long way in the last 10 years, but it's, it's, it's not a terribly, it has not always been an inclusive industry. But I once walked into a session at an iBank where I was asked to please come and talk about some new tax stuff. Um, and I'm happy to do that, and I enjoy doing it. And uh, now remember, these are potential clients, so I have to tread a little bit carefully. I walked into the room, and there was a very big board meeting, a very big board table um, in the room, and there were chairs around the outside of the room. And I was dumbfounded. Every single person at the table was a male, and every single table in the chairs around was a female. So. I didn't say anything at the outset, but I pulled I pulled aside the, um, the 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 person who was organizing it, and I said, "Could you do me a favor and take a look at this room, and see what you see?" And he said, "Out the room." I said, "No, look at look at where the attendees are sitting." And he said, "Yeah." I said, and I knew one of the women. I said, "See that woman over there? What is her title?" She was not. She she was a significant person. He said, "Why is she in that chair?" And he said, oh. So I came back to do the second part of the session. Um, and they had, they, had learned, they had understood the message. And the chairs and participants were all mixed up. And I think that that's one of those times that maybe I actually made an impression that was beyond what we were doing there. Um, then there are times when I am, uh, this, is, uh, this is not new to me. This is what a lot of women of my tenure have learned how to do. Um, which is that you're sitting in a meeting and a young woman raises an idea um, and doesn't go anywhere. And 10 minutes later, um, one of the guys at the table will raise the idea in substance, the same thing. And everybody says, that's great. And what I have learned to do is to say, I'm very glad that you think that Maria's comment was something we should add on. Maybe we can work together on that. And it really catches people's attention. Um, but, um, you know, one of the things you asked me is, is there something I've said or done that has an impact on another woman professionally? And I try not to tell people to do things. I try to make opportunities. Um, and I think Heather about what you and I did with the women in tax forum. Um, one of my greatest strengths is coming up with an idea and then finding somebody else to implement it. Somebody really confident who can take it, the vision and go with it. So you and I met, um, and it was the first time we met you. You took the bull by the horns and offered to come up to Philadelphia to have lunch with me um, after we met at an ABA tax section meeting. And during that lunch, I expressed to you my view 
as to what I thought Women in Tax Forum could be and expressed that I didn't have the time to run this thing um, and said, how about you? And you said, I can do that. And then we, we um, went through what could be and how we could do it. And you took it and ran with it. And I hope that you found it to be useful in your career. Um, and then the, the, other one, the other one happened very recently. I was at an advisory board meeting for a very prestigious um, conference. And we were, we were coming up with suggestions for people to chair various panels. And I'm looking at a woman considerably younger than I, that I knew from one of the other organizations. And I'm looking at her and she's looking kind of down at the table. Um, and so finally I picked up my head and I said, so-and-so, aren't you focusing on this area in your practice? And she said, yes. So I turned to the chair of the advisory board and I said, she should chair the panel. And in fact, they gave her the chat panel chair and I think it's a great thing to see going forward. It's also someone that had come through the ABA tax ranks in organizations that I had mentored. So um, mm. it's, it's great to see stuff like that. Oh, but also, so great. How we have to be open with some of this stuff. You know, the, the ABA 10 years ago, maybe 12 years ago, put in place a diversity policy for panels. And I'm not normally inclined to like quotas and rules and things like that. I just, I think people should do things because they should do them. Um, and I expressed that view. And another woman on council about my age said, you know, I've been the beneficiary of many of these policies before, and it's how I've grown my career. And I sat back and I said, you know what? You're absolutely right. Put the policy in place and we'll use it. Um, so it's being open to other people's ideas as well. And that circles back to what you were talking about in part one around just, just your open-mindedness. And that's coming out even here. We're not, you know, the, without the focus on that, but when you're standing for other women. And right. I just want to acknowledge that you definitely, I've seen multiple times how you create opportunities. And for me personally, you know, per giving me the opportunity to team with you and the other women and building Women in Talks Forum is instrument has been instrumental for me personally in my growth and my career and my in my career and thinking about something that just a slight aside here about something that you said to me that was super impactful that I still implement to this day it was the first event first live it was the it was a live event before before covid where we had this reception at the at a, at a, at a conference and i was going to give a speech a welcome speech introducing this brand new community that we you know we were creating uh, women in tax and i was totally scared and nervous i had my speech i had everything ready and practiced but i was like shaking and i walked up to you this and i we had, we had we didn't know each other very well yet joan but i walked up to you the leader of the entire place right that, that we were in this whole conference and I just asked for help. Basically, I was like, Joan, I'm so scared. I'm so nervous. Like, do you have anything, any insight, anything to share with me? And here you are in this room full of women. You stood up and you said, put your shoulders back, you know, get a nice broad stance. And then you had me do the power pose and you did it with me right in that room. <laughs> and it's like my whole body filled, but you know, all, all the science that goes into it, but like it worked. And then, and then the whole event went off great. But you didn't just like say something to me. It was your message of 
um, like saying and doing and empowering and giving me the, the, it was almost like you were like, you can do this. You are confident, find it within yourself. And so I feel like I, and that means the, the cover image for the podcast right now is a power pose. Cause <laughs> and and it did, just, you should be wearing you know, a perfect what you're doing a power pose. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Noted. <laughs> so I just, Thank you for that. Yeah, know the impact that you've made. And okay. circling back, yes, circling back to something it, we started touching on in, the, in part one and that I feel like we're touching on right now too is your leadership. I'd, I, I've just seen you thriving in leadership positions. And I'd love to hear more about your leadership style, what works for you. How would you describe your authentic leadership style, Joan? See, Heather, you introduced me to a whole new vocabulary. My mother would have loved you because I don't know what authentic leadership, leadership style is. Um, I have thought about mine, so I will talk about that. Um, I, I, but I learn new words, words all the time, and I appreciate it. Um, I think I start by recognizing that I take my responsibilities very seriously, and I don't take myself seriously at all. Every time I'm going to go do something, it's like, am I capable of doing this? Should I be doing this? What am I bringing to it? What would somebody else bring to it? How do I get this done? Um, so I just, I don't take me seriously. And I think that that helps a lot because what I'm focusing on is the responsibility and what it means that I have to get done. Um, remember, I believe that anything can be true. So I have a pretty flexible style. Um, as I mentioned um, before, um, I, I have a pretty open mind, but I will say that my goal in, in leadership or work or life is to get to yes. Um, it drives me crazy, which is probably not a great leadership role, when people's automatic reaction is no. Like, and I know clients don't particularly like that. Um, but to me, it, it, I, I'm not going to say yes to what, I, I don't want it to sound like whatever the client, whatever somebody says, I'll say yes. What I want to get to is a resolution. Um, but, I, but the focus is get to yes. Um, and that means that um, if, if, if I use that as my mantra, great things happen. Um, I strive to listen really hard and I strive to be very supportive. Doesn't mean I'm an easy mark. Um, but if I am, if somebody has an idea and we can work it through to make it work, you, you, you've seen me operate and like, you know, we want it. We want to have a reception. Sure, you should have a reception. Let's just go plan it. We'll figure out how to get there later, um, as opposed to the the um, the opportunity for people to say no. So, and I've used that as a mantra in my personal life as well as in my professional life. And I think it's an important part of leadership that people know that when I've asked them to do something, I, I want them to get something done, and I want them to get to yes. Um, and we'll support them in any way we can to do that. Um, the other thing that I do think that I have a good skill set in is identifying people to do things um, and then giving them the right to just go do it. Yes, I, I'm here for you. Do you need a resource? I'm available. You want to talk about it? You think something's a little dicey? Let's talk about it. But um, when I give people responsibilities, I expect them to execute them at well. And I expect them, they may not always be the way I would execute them, but that's okay. Um, so long as it's done well and it works. Uh, so that's more my leadership style. I know you've talked about, do you have an inclusive leadership style? I, I think 
I think you can have an inclusive leadership style that is still effective. Like sometimes I'll get on a board meeting and it'll go, and I'm not reading the board, and it will go for two hours. And quite frankly, it could have been done in 20 minutes um, because people are, I, I am willing to take responsibility for decisions. Um, and um, I think that that makes a leadership style easier. People know that someone is going to cut this off and we're going to have a conversation. But at the same time, I want to hear what everybody has to say. You know, and I'm looking at the people who are on the, on the phone today, and I do get energy from them because I know that I've been in situations with them where they said, well, we could do it this way or this way and this way. And my answer to them is, how do you want to do it? Let's get to the bottom line. Okay, let's, let's figure this out. Um, but it's, it's, it's your job. You've told me how to do it. And so let's go from there. Sorry, that's a long-winded way of my talking about my oh, leadership. Oh, no. It's so powerful. What, what I'm hearing is you, it's like you invite people to bring all of who they are. You create the space, you pick the people, and then you create the space to be like, what are your ideas? You're open-minded and people can bring all of themselves into that situation, but you don't let it drag on. There's like decision points made where you, where you right. challenge and, and, and lead. And when you say I pick the people, I do at that point in time hope that I am very inclusive. Just like when you came up to Philadelphia and said, I want to do something. And I said, I can find you something to do. Um, <laughs> I, I, it's not people I know that I'm picking. It's, it's frequently people that I don't know. I, I've gotten to a point now where I just call people and say, would you be willing to follow following? Love it. Yeah. We didn't know each other. We'd been on a panel or something, but yeah. you didn't know who I was yeah. or if I was going to do a good job or anything. So right. yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. I also think you have to have some fun. Um, one of the things about what we do um, in leadership and in all these organizations and at work and, and family, I regaled you with stories when you and I first started talking about this, about stories in life. And, and I look at other people to learn about their leadership styles and how they communicate. And I was telling you about the Marilyn Albright story, um, which is now actually a book. It's called Read My Pins by Marilyn Albright. And it is about the story of how she used jewelry to communicate her feelings when she was Secretary of State, um, when she was doing other things in the UN. And so in her honor today, I wore two, um, two oh my goodness. fireflies who were heading up in the world and off to have a great time. Two what, fireflies? Two, there's a different Spain. They're, they're from a Barcelona artist. Um, and um, they are, they, their heads are up. Their wings are up and they're here to tell women to go have a great time and really enjoy it. But I would suggest anybody who wants to have a really interesting read, read the book, ride, uh, read my pins. Um, she has the stories about um, she has a snake on a log that she wore when Saddam Hussein referred to her as a snake. And she wore it with the snake's head being cut off. It was great. It's, it's a very worthwhile thing. You can just Google it on, on online. It's a, it's a, and it's a collection in a museum now where you can go uh, and look at yeah. all the pins. But that's yes, kind of, yes. looking at how other people lead and what they do. I enjoy doing that. Oh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. And I, I had no idea. And I looked her up online and I started seeing some of those stories. They're really great. Yeah. I love that you wore that. Thank you for sharing that. I had to think about it. The other thing I have. The other one I really, well, Marilyn Albright has pins. I, I have nice little pins. She has pins. Um, 
Uh, the other one I have is a salamander, which I really didn't think was appropriate. Love the one you chose. <laughs> so taking it personal a little bit, Joan, uh, how would you say, so because building a career in life you love or enjoy or the language that works for you. My life. It's, it's, it's the work part. Yeah. Uh, okay. Okay. Perfect. Because my life is full of people. Yes. Tell us about those people. How do personal relationships and family play um, a part in your life as a professional? Well, my husband and I have been married for 43 years. Um, we Congratulations. Have, thank you very much. Uh, we have two grown children, neither of whom have become lawyers, neither of whom have a desk job. Because as my daughter said, Mom, you do homework 10 hours a day. Um, and she said, I have no interest in doing that. Um, we have three grandchildren. Um, I went to work at Pepper Hamilton when the kids were still in elementary school, which meant that um, uh, Michael, who's my husband, who had a much more accommodating work schedule, became the person who um, delivered the forgotten lunches. Um, he's the one that went to French class because one of my children needed some extra credit. Um, so dad went in to uh, teach students how to make creme brulee and brought a torch with him, a blowtorch with him, which I don't think you can get through a school door these days. Um, and, uh, and our children learned that it was up to them to decide what they wanted to do. Uh, we would support them in, however, in whatever they were doing, and they had to figure out how to get there. Um, our son is a golf professional. He both plays and teaches, and he's got a podcast where he teaches various segments of, of golfing. And his last one is preparing for tournament play. And I love the quote that he used for the beginning of the podcast. It said, um, a goal without a plan is a wish. And then he went on to talk about the plan to get ready to play in the tournament to do well. Um, I asked him if he, uh, I came up with, he said, mom. I said, all right, I, I was willing to credit you with it, but uh, he did not. Um, <laughs> apparently it is a phrase that is out there. But I would say he absorbed the message pretty well. Um, you know, he, he has figured out what he wants to do. He's aiming towards it and he's got a plan. And our daughter is a doctor of physical therapy and she specializes in neurological defects or I shouldn't say defects, neurological issues. Um, and um, yeah, so neither one of them sits behind a desk 10 hours a day doing homework. Um, but I, you know, I have so much outside of my desk. I know all of you uh, ladies who are on the screen from a number of different activities and it's the richness of those relationships that has made my career what it is. Um, and I enjoy greatly working with all of you. Mm, yes, yes. Thinking about the ladies in this call and senior level um, professionals in general, Joan, what advice, I always like to ask, what advice would, or, or insight could you share with professional women who are your, your peers? Um, I've been practicing for 45 years. If peers mean women of um, the similar um, tenure, most of them have retired. No, so, <laughs> so I'm hoping that they are having a great retirement and really enjoying what they're doing. Um, if you're talking about women, jet, women partners uh, or women professionals, I hope they're doing something they can embrace and have it be really rewarding to them. Um, and I think that only comes about when you are engaged in relationships with other people um, that inform your views, that expand your mind, um, that teach you stuff. I like learning stuff. Um, and, uh, and, and they give you the, uh, the interest in and maybe... Maybe you're not Tony Bennett. Um, we love getting out of bed every day. So you've never worked a day in your life. I really like what I do. 
And I really like doing it with the people I do. Um, so I, I just want people to embrace that and figure out a way to make it work in, in their lives. And I encourage them to pay it forward as often and as deeply as they can, because that's a very rewarding part of the career. Wow. I, that's a beautiful. It's so powerful. Thank you for sharing that insight. <laughs> Joan, to wrap, let, let's wrap up with your three keys to success. Greediness. You just got it. Sometimes it takes 12 hours to work through a problem to make sure that you got it right. Um, willing suspension of disbelief. Uh, whatever you tell me, I, I will pay attention to it I, and I won't simply discard it. And then the desire to get to yes, um, which I think is a really important way to live your life. That's it. Beautiful. Thank you, Joan. Thank you for being on the podcast, for all that you've shared. I'm personally grateful for um, your courage and just stepping in and doing this and sharing all that you have with me. Well, thank I also you very wanna, much. Yes, thank you for being here. And thank I also you to everybody wanna, who joined us today. Yes, thank you to our live audience who've been, been with us today for all of your support and positive energy. And I'm grateful to each one of our listeners. I hope you leave this episode inspired and empowered. Let's get out there and create careers and lives we love. I want to thank this episode's sponsor, Castellanos LLP, a leading law firm in tax controversy, white-collar criminal defense, and government negotiations, with offices in New York City and Washington, D.C. Visit www.kflaw.com.